What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the First in Tech podcast. I'm your host, technician sports editor Camden Spate. I'm assistant sports editor Jay Kakavaro. And I'm assistant sports editor Nicholas Schnecker. We're going to be talking about some Olympic sports at NC State today. We're going to leave the uh, football and basketball to other episodes coming out this week. We're going to be talking about a lot of soccer. That's mostly what's been happening. But first, like we will every episode, we're going to talk about something else from the sports world. And uh, as you guys might expect, we're going to talk about the breaking news today in that the NCAA has voted to allow, the Board of Governors has, the NCAA Board of Governors voted to allow student athletes to benefit from their likeness, image, and name. Um, obviously, still a whole lot to go through on that. There's still a pretty long timetable before that actually is put in place. But, you know, we've talked about it before, but, you know, initial reactions from the NCAA doing that today. Yeah, I think it's great. Like, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad athletes can finally profit off of their their own being like it. it mm-hmm. I always thought that was dumb that they can't um, glad. Well, not they can't yet, obviously, but hopefully a couple years down the road, as soon as possible, they'll be able to. Um, I'm sure it'll be controversial. I, I think that's stupid. I, I don't know why you would ever be upset that someone can make money off of their own name their own being but we'll see hopefully we get some more ncaa video games because of it though that's what i'm thinking i i don't want to get political but did you guys see richard, richard Burr. burr's tweet about his yes. thing about he's gonna attempt to tax their scholarships because yep. of it i think that's i'm sure there will be more takes like that take also. i've seen about yeah. it i don't at all understand that because like it's a scholarship and like first of all the scholarship is the reason a lot of people are able to come to college. And yep. now you're going to tax it. So now they can't afford to have a full-ride scholarship. That doesn't even make sense. Yeah. And you don't see people like that have academic scholarships who make money elsewhere by like working jobs. You don't see their scholarships get taxed. Right. So you're just going to tax athletic scholarship, which is the opposite of the problem we just had in that everyone can make money off of their name and image except for athletes. And yep. now you're just going to reverse it. That doesn't make sense at yeah. all. But to, to keep it as far away from politics as we actually can so we don't get derailed, the timetable they've given is the I think based on the press release, as far as I understand it, the board of governors. What the vote actually does is basically the board of governors telling each of the divisions, "Hey, you need to update your bylaws to make this happen." Right. And I think they've given them until January 2021. Yep. Correct. So just over a full year, so like a full a year and a quarter, basically. But I think it'll probably happen quicker than that. I don't think you'll see each of the divisions take until December of 2020. I think it'll probably happen over the summer, frankly. That seems like the best time to do it. In my opinion, I'm kind of surprised that it happened this quickly. I wasn't really... Ex- I mean, it's breaking news. You don't expect it to happen. But I wasn't expecting it to happen this soon, you know? Yeah. Because everything with California, you know, is pretty still pretty recent. And, you know, I was expecting the NCAA to at least take another year before making any decision. But well, I'm I glad think, they did it now. Yeah, I, I'm glad they did it now. I think the NCAA decided that, like... It, it was a snowball that was just going to keep getting bigger yeah. and bigger. I, I I don't think they wanted to deal with the lawsuits. They would have to, they would probably like, like technically if they wanted to follow their bylaws, they would have to sue the state, sue the schools. And I just think they realized that this is going to happen eventually anyways. Might as well get and ahead of it. It wasn't just going to be. Pub, the good publicity from it. It wasn't just going to be California. There were going to yeah. be other states that followed relatively quickly. And at that point, then you have to follow each of the different states' laws. I think part of the reason they're getting ahead of it is so that they can set the rules, almost make it like, exactly. hey, these are going to be what the rules are, rather than the states being like, these are what the rules are going to be. Yeah. Which you, I think is smart on their part, frankly. If, if you have 
30 different states with different laws and then you would want to step in and say here's what the standard is and you already have more than you know half the country on you know completely different laws yeah. it's impossible oh, yeah. and the ncaa is finished at that point because there's no point in having them yeah so i'm glad that they did it sooner rather than later because if they waited much longer i think it would have been more chaotic than it oh, is yeah. yeah so we're gonna we're gonna jump into some soccer and um you know the big story of the week really is nc courage at least you know local area nc courage uh, I'd, say I'd say it's the big story more than local i mean that's the wsl is arguably the best women's soccer league in the world it had every single member of the u.s women's national team that won the world cup plays in the nwsl yeah so nc courage winning their second consecutive nwsl championship nicholas you were at the game you've been yep. covering them all season um you know how special is this moment just for for the team in the area I think it's different than last year's championship. I think it was a bit harder for them just because of the World Cup. I mean, the league in general, it was harder for each team because they lost a good chunk of players in the middle of the season. But I think this year was a little bit different. It wasn't the – they won the treble last year with winning the ICC as well, so they won three trophies last year. This year they're only winning two, air quotes there. But I think it's, you know, it's really good. I talked with Paul Riley both before and after the game. And he was happy. I mean, that's the only way you can describe him. He was ecstatic. He, before the game, really kind of tried to push this kind of underdog story, which I don't necessarily agree with. But, I mean, it's great. It was a great game. Frankly, you know, they won 4 nothing in the championship. If that doesn't say something, then I don't know what will. And it wasn't, I mean, as much as a 4-0 is not close, you could tell. I mean... They held Sam Kerr, the league MVP, record goal scorer for a single season, golden boot winner, to one shot on target the entire game. I think he had six shots total and only one found the target, and it wasn't even didn't even particularly trouble LeBay. So, I mean, you had Dominion win the MVP, and I wasn't I didn't even vote for her. I thought Lynn Williams had a really good game too. That's who I voted for MVP. But I think they had probably three players that could have won MVP that day. Justin McDonald probably deserved it as well. But, yeah, I mean, apart from the goal scorers, you have to look at Denise O'Sullivan. I think she was a big reason how they shut down Sam Kerr. But it was just a great game. I mean, they'll have a couple players that play throughout the offseason in other leagues. But I think a lot of those players probably just need some rest right now after the the long season they have with the World Cup, too. And I think a big part of, um, especially in other sports, too, like you've heard it more often, um, winning the second in a row kind of cements that the first wasn't a fluke. Yeah. So it's like like if you win and then say you're just kind of average next season, people are like, oh, well, that one championship was a flash in the pan. When you went back-to-back, you kind of cement yourself as this is this was by far the best team from this stretch of and time. It's not even the back-to-back championships. It's a three-peat of Shields as well, which for those that don't know, the Shield is the regular season titles finishing on top of the table. They won that three years in a row. They've won that every year since they moved to Cary. That says more about how good a team is in the playoffs, which is what you always hear about. Like you always hear some coaches say, like, you know, the best team always usually wins the league, but not always the best team wins the tournament. So it's kind of a weird thing like that. But yeah, they're they're a special team. They've got three players current that just signed for an Australian team to play in the offseason. Uh Denise O'Sullivan, uh Kristen Hamilton, and Lynn Williams are all headed over to Australia. They might have a couple more heading over there before too long. And the the thing for me when I was, you know, 
I didn't watch, wasn't able to watch the game, but you know, just reading about it was it was a 4-0 win. Yeah. I mean, you don't accidentally win by 4-0. You don't. It's not a fluke that you win four nothing. It's they won 4-0 against a team that had Julie Ertz at center back exactly. and Alyssa Nair in goal. I mean, this was a a good team that they played, and it was it was obvious who the best team on the field yeah. was. It, when you have Sam Kerr literally throwing her hands up in the air and at a water break saying she can't do anything. That's a dominant That's performance. Awesome. <laughs> when you when you have somebody that is literally the best goal scorer in the world for women's soccer, arguably, saying she can't do anything, you're doing something right. So, big story there. Um, let's talk a little bit about NCFC. You know, it, it looked like they, you know, got knocked out in the play-in round. Was that a surprising loss? It was really close game. It was three to two game, I believe. But was that a, kind of an upset in that area? I, it was an upset in terms of seeding. It was a seven. They were the seven. They were playing the ten. Yeah. But they've struggled against the teams below them in the table this year. Whereas if they got through this round, they'd, they'd be dangerous because they've done really well against the New Yorks, the Tampa Bay's, the Pittsburgh. They beat Pittsburgh like five or six nothing, and that's you know they finished number one in the league, and then in the second round of the playoffs. Pittsburgh went and beat the team that beat them seven nothing. So you now they're good. I mean, it's Dave Sarachin's first year, so first year head coach. You don't expect too too much. And there's a couple questions going into the offseason. I mean, Manny Perez's future is probably the biggest question. He's obviously going back to Celtic since his loan's up. So whether he gets loaned back or gets loaned to a different team, you know that'll be. Still to seen, but I was impressed with a lot of their guys this season. I think their defense was really good. Tom Bacchus was voted team MVP. I think that was deserved. He was great in goal. Uh, I think Aaron Guillen had a really good season. DJ Taylor had a really good season. Sam Brotherton was solid. And I think if they had Lomis for the full season, because he obviously broke his ankle earlier in the year and missed a majority of the season, I think you have him the whole year. Things go a little differently. But I say it wasn't a bad season for them, you know, with the first year head coach. So a great job with with covering both of those teams this year, putting in a lot of time, I know, and uh, put out some really good content. Make sure everybody checks all the content from this weekend out on technicianonline.com. So let's move on to uh, some NC State soccer, ACC, both men's and women's coming to an end pretty soon. Um, the men faring a little bit better than the women are, but... You know, not so much lately. That's it's, also fair. It's kind of an odd thing. It's they're both good teams. They're both really, really talented teams, and you can see the talent. But at times, it's been the end product that hasn't let them down. Both of them have had a couple of draws that really could have been wins. But the men's team last week they had a really up and down week. Is about the only way I can describe it. On I think it was Tuesday, they played Elon. I was at that game, and they went down 2-0 to start the second half really early. Elon scored directly from a corner kick. That was just kind of, you know, that's a fluke goal, frankly. You don't score directly from a corner kick all too often. And then they respond really well. And they come back and they win 3-2. Kuda Musque gets the winning goal. And I think, you know, a game like that's really good. It's a tough out-of-conference game. Elon's good. But then you turn around and you lose to Syracuse 3-0. And Syracuse isn't a great team. You know, that was an upset. Plain and simple, and they got. I think they got outshot fifteen to five or something like that. So it wasn't even really a close game. 
And now the next match against Clemson. Clemson, that's one gonna, of the best teams in the country, right not number, only the ACC. Right, number three right now. That's going to be a really tough game. I mean, it's at home. You know, Dale is a hard place to go. They went undefeated at Dale last year. The Red Terrors make sure it's a hard place for opposition to go to. So I'm interested in see how that game shakes out. Jake is not too confident in them. It's it's not so much an indictment on NC State. Just I mean, Clemson leads the country in goals per game. They're scoring almost four goals per game. Yeah. NC State scoring barely over one. I mean, and even NC State is a defensive team. Clemson's defense is still better than NC State's defense. I don't see where, like, I don't think NC State's going to be able to score. I mean, I, you're, I, you're playing one of the best teams in the country in any sport. It's kind of, it's going to be hard to be like, be confident exactly. going into the game but as a fan, he, as a player. Obviously, you need. Here's to be. the thing: you you hear from you've I've heard it from Kiefer this year. I've heard from Santoro this year. You talk to any ACC soccer coach, men's or women's, they will tell you no matter who you're playing, going on the road in the ACC is really hard. You know, it's. It's not going to be a walk in the park for Clemson by any means. I think this game is going to be a lot closer than some people might think it is. You know, going on the road in soccer in general, not just in the ACC, but in soccer in general, is hard. I mean, the ACC is one of, is you know the best conference in men's soccer. So, and everybody knows that Clemson is one of the best teams in the ACC and in the country. So, this is going to be a game that NC State is going to have to show up, and they're going to have to show up. I will, ready to ready to play. I will say Clemson hasn't had an issue going on the road. They went, they played at Notre Dame, one four to two, played at Wake Forest, took Wake Forest to overtime, barely lost three to two. And Wake's uh, a good team. I'll admit, yeah. Wake's a very good team. They yeah. always are. Clemson always. played at Syracuse, where NC State lost three nothing. Clemson put up seven goals in a win. Okay. They just seem Clemson just seems like a different monster this okay. year. Like, I think NC State's a really good team. But Clemson seems like one of those teams that's just head and shoulders above yeah. like, uh, above uh, everyone else. I, I, will give I don't. I think a draw would be a real good result for State in this game. I'll put yeah, it that absolutely. way. I think they and get that, one point from this, and I think they're pretty happy. That's what I put in my preview too. It is I feel like you got even though it's at home, you got to shoot for a point. Like I don't yeah. think you should go in with the expectation of we're getting three points. I think you got to oh. play to get the one. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think you can play to get the one. I think you play to get the one, you're gonna get none. That's the thing about it. you play for one, you're not going to get anything. You have to at least play for all three. Even if you're playing for three in a conservative way, you need to be going for it. And the thing is, if they can hold them defensively, State has a couple of guys that like to show up in the big games. I mean, David Guerra last year scored the only goal against UNC when they were number one in the country. David Guerra is that type of player. Got to get the ball to him. Basically, yeah. yeah. And the, let him make a play. You need. To. Here's the problem with that though. Tavaglia is one of the most fouled players in the country. He True. just gets hacked because there's, because of his size, It's you can't just push him off the ball. You have to take him down with the ball. And so you get the ball to him, he's going to get hacked down. That's the problem. And so regardless of the result, that'll be closing out the regular season. NC State will host first round yeah. in the ACC. They will can't get a bye and they won't fall off to, you know, to go on the road. So there will be a host game um in raleigh whether it's tuesday or wednesday of next week um we're not really sure but we'll hopefully find that out as the weekend I'm, moves I'm, on i'm guessing saturday or sunday right. once all the games are over so let's talk about uh women's soccer we've been talking kind of all year that you know the team is going to turn it around at some point and you know a two-game winning streak here a 3-2 overtime win against syracuse and a 3 nothing win over notre dame that was on senior night um so how are they looking compared to the acc right now 
I think the problem you have with how state compares to the ACC is the fact that you're comparing state to some of the best teams in the country. You know, like Duke, UNC, all these schools like that, they're great soccer schools. They're historic soccer schools. UNC has something like 23 national championships in soccer. It's hard to compare them to the rest of the ACC. I mean, they can compete. Obviously, they lost one nothing at UNC. They drew at Wake. They drew at Duke. And they've had some good wins. But I think the issue has been goal scoring this year. You know, King has had no problem scoring. She's scoring for fun. She hasn't scored as many as last season, but she's still scoring a ton of goals. And Ricky's getting a bunch of I think she has eight assists on the season. So that's a solid production from her. But the two players playing up top with her through most of the season, I mean, Maxine Blackwood's come back, and she's added some experience to that forward line. But Jamise Joseph and Leah Hall Robinson, the two freshmen, they're undeniably good. You can watch them and be like, okay, yeah, they're good. But it's that kind of raw talent that you think give it a year or two and they'll be really good. But I think that's the problem is a lot of times the way I've described it before is you you Jamise starts running at the goal because she's got a very similar play style to King. She's really good on the ball, a really good dribbler. And she kind of gets tunnel visioned. Whether that's going to be she tunnel visions her pass or she tunnel visions going for goal. She doesn't see all the options. When King looks at the goal, she knows there's another player there, but she's going to shoot anyway, and it goes in. Jamise gets really tunnel-visioned, as far as I can tell. But the talent's there. I mean, the way she can turn a player is amazing. I think give it two years, and she'll be a stunning player. So NC State currently sitting at sixth in the ACC in women's soccer with 13 points with a 3-2-4 and four record. So a lot of draws there. And most of those draws have been on the road and against good teams. I mean, they drew yeah. Duke, they drew Wake, they drew Virginia, who's number one in the country. They held Virginia to a 0-0 game. That's impressive. They've been really good defensively. So just two games behind, or two points, I'm sorry, behind Duke and then four points behind Louisville. Louisville will be the last game of the regular season for NC State. That'll be a tough one. Be an away game. Louisville is currently ranked 14th according to GoPack, so um, that'll be a pretty interesting game there on Thursday, and uh, that'll determine more about where NC State stands going into the um, ACC I, tournament. I think what what place are they in the ACC right now? Six right now. How many points does ninth have? Ninth. Yeah, ninth. Eleven, and they have thirteen. So Clemson has 12, Virginia Tech and Notre Dame both have 11. So, and you said State had how many? 13. They're not guaranteed a spot in the tournament currently. No. Top eight, for those unaware, top eight make tournament in women's soccer. So they're not guaranteed a spot in the tournament. If they can get a point here, it's just about guaranteed. Yeah, I think so. Depending on tiebreaker. I think for tiebreaker's goal difference, it usually is, but there's some leagues that do it weird with like overall wins, but... It's it's a funny thing with the ACC. You cannot make the ACC tournament and still make the NCAA tournament. With how good the conference is. I yeah. guarantee you the number nine seed in the ACC that doesn't make the tournament will make the NCAA tournament because that's just how good the ACC is. Yeah, it looks like the top nine in the league are kind of separated because in 10th place is Pitt with eight points. So there's a little bit of a separation there between... And, state, and Pitt beat State recently, too. That's true. So hopefully, uh, that was a, that was a bit of a fluke game from what I saw in the highlights. Yeah. It was a road game. That was yeah, a bit of a fluke. So NC State hoping to get a spot there should be able to hold on to that. 
Uh, we're talking about volleyball real quick. Uh, lost the last three. It was swept three nothing by Syracuse and three nothing by Pitt, who's number three in the country. Before that, the team had won two against Virginia and Miami's. Uh, NC State now sits at eight and fourteen overall and three and seven in the ACC. So, not a great start there, or really great season there for they, NC they State volleyball. They play longer than. I think they go all the way through December, just about right. Close to it, yeah. They, so they they still got a good chunk of the season left. And uh, Melissa Evans also has been hurt, so that has not helped. At I, forget, all. I forget which match that happened in. I think it but. happened in the Virginia, whichever was the second of the two Virginia Miami wins. I think it happened in that one because I think she's missed the last three games. And I mean that that's a big loss. Yeah. You miss someone they like her, you're gonna her. feel that, and yeah. it's gonna hurt. So, uh, Jacob, you want to talk about women's tennis a little bit? Yeah, so actually some, some on a higher note in women's tennis, yeah, um, really. the, yeah. they went to the ITA Carolina Regional uh, this past week. I, it, tennis schedules are weird. I, they were there for like a week almost, it seems like. Tennis um, has been like all, all yeah, of they, semester. Not, not been a tennis when we sit yet. down <laughs> to decide what articles are going to get written and we look at like the composite schedule on GoPack, Tennis confuses us. Like to put it simply, just tennis confuses us. They're in like us. three different locations all yeah. the time. But but yeah. uh, Anna Rogers and Alana Smith, they won doubles. Um, they're I think they're the third ranked doubles, or no, they, I believe they're the number one ranked doubles uh, duo in the in the country. Actually, yeah, um, I think they are. Yep. Uh, they both also advanced to the quarterfinals in singles. Uh, both fell in the quarterfinals. Um, and she had a good showing overall too. They had five uh, singles players advance to the round of 16. Rogers and Smith did. Lexi Caberle did. Uh, Adriana Remy and Liz Norman. Um, Caberle, Remy, and Norman all lost in the round of 16. But it's a good showing overall. Um, I think they've got they've got another tournament. I believe next week um, they're going to. Let me see if I can find it. Um, yeah, they've got the Kitty Harrison Invitational starting this weekend. Uh, that's in Chapel Hill um, at UNC. So see how they do in that. Um, but yeah, it was a good showing for them at Wake Forest too. Um, I think with the win, Rogers and Smith for the doubles, they qualify for a national tournament that's somewhere in California. I'm not exactly sure where. But so yeah, so that'll be interesting to see if they end up going to that and how they do in that. Yeah, a lot of good things in tennis in both programs. So. We'll see how NC State soccer finishes out the rest of the season and see if volleyball can turn around before that one's that one's over and, you know, Melissa Evans gets back, hopefully. I'm not sure of the severity of her injury, but um, make sure to check out our football and basketball podcast coming and out this week. And Wolfpack Wager. And Wolfpack Wager, for sure. Uh, basketball Red edition will be coming out this week, so a lot of work on that. So definitely make sure to pick up a paper and check us out online. But I think that's all we have for you guys today. So, again, I'm your host, technician, editor, sports editor, Camden Spate. I'm assistant sports editor, Jake Acovaro. And I'm assistant sports editor, Nicholas Schnecker. And we'll see you guys next week.